Welcome to At The Flicks. Now, we haven't had a carry-on streaming since Christmas, and we are getting a lot of correspondence about it. Thankfully, that situation is now put right, and Deck is back to tell us what's worth seeing on TV and streaming. Hi, Deck. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thanks, guys. Happy New Year to you all. Yeah, with COVID, I've already written this year off, so happy 2022 <laughs> to you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, with cinemas still shut and me still not enjoying watching films on streaming, my TV watching has gone through the roof, really, so I've got lots. Oh, excellent. Now, just before we go into that, this is a sneak peek for our listeners. Dex son Archie has made a film of his own, and we've seen it. And it's really good. And we have a show talking to Archie coming up soon. We will tell all our listeners where they can go to watch this excellent short little film. You must be really pleased with him, Deck. Very pleased, very pleased indeed. It's um, especially since we've had all the COVID stuff. Their course is a practical course because of all the equipment, and they've still managed to get outdoors and do some social distancing filming. If he's got your taste, he's going to do all right. And speaking of your taste, what have you been watching? Well, you know me, guys. After my little blip into the comedy front, I'm straight back into the Scandi stuff again. Oh, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> but only two, only two this time. Um, you know, because we're in lockdown, I don't want to have too much murder and darkness in my life. But there were two slightly different, but but both very interesting, different audiences probably. The first one was a true crime drama about the Swedish journalist Kim, Kim Wall that was killed um, only recently, 2017, and they made a six-part true crime drama called The Investigation. This is on the iPlayer. A lot of people feedback is that it's slow, and it is slow because I can see what the director and producer were trying to do. They're trying to make you realise that a police investigation doesn't happen quickly and instantly. It's not, you know, you have a murder investigation, it doesn't happen over a number of days, it happens over months and even years. It can take a long time to gather enough evidence to know you can go to court and convict this person. And obviously it highlights some of the sort of differences in the Danish court system in that the the prosecutor who's heavily involved with the police will not go to court until he's pretty sure he's going to get them. They start the program showing why not, because they took a guy to court and he got off because the evidence wasn't strong enough. And it really annoyed both the police and the prosecutor. So this time they were absolutely adamant, even if it took them months and months, which it did, to get the accused. They knew it was him. They they absolutely knew it was him. But he was very clever in that every time they came up with a bit of evidence, he had a pretty plausible defence. You know, the prosecutor knew that the court would just kick out. They knew there'd be reasonable doubt and he'd probably get a not guilty. So... It was involved, I don't know if you remember the story of the journalist, but it was involved a handmade submarine, I know which sounds like a weird thing. Yeah. Um but it but when you watch it it's it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, he he said it was an accident. I yeah, and, yes. and and he was quite plausible in all his defence. All his defences all seemed annoyingly to the policeman because you know, there was no one else in the frame, it was always gonna be him. Everything they came up with, you know, like they'd find a bit of blood on the side of the submarine, he'd have a, a reason for it. And so they couldn't nail it down and they had to try and go out and of course a lot of it was in the water so they had to send divers and I won't give too much away but it was absolutely brilliant it's very realistic which is why it is slow but I really like that side of it it was almost like a documentary they got obviously some of the best cast that uh, that I've seen in multiple various Swedish and Danish 
dramas. So they've obviously got the best of the best in terms of their acting. Because it was so recent, they involved the parents and they wanted the parents to be happy with this portrayal of their daughter's murder. And their parents were very good and they were on set and everything. But the only ins- the only thing they insisted on was that their own dog, who stars in the thing, is their actual dog. So they've got actors that play the parents, but the dog that belongs to the parents is the actual parent's dog. That was the only <laughs> thing they insisted is they wanted their dog to be in it. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it's six parts and it is hard work, but I like that side of it. But other people might not so. So if you don't like slow pace stuff if you want something with a bit more action then this isn't for you but this one i knew of last time you told me about one i hadn't heard of which is closer to home the, the pembrokeshire murders but more on that in a bit but that's now on my list that looks really good yeah i think you'll like it jeff and a, and a different one it, so this is a finnish one it's interesting because you notice the difference in the language it's not quite quite as nice to listen to as the danish and the swedish language it's a bit harsher but it was only a six-part finnish one and thriller um, this one's a bit more silly and a bit more sort of unbelievable, but tense and gripping. It's like a family fallout thing where this doesn't give anything away because it happens right at the start. One of the children gets shot it's about 12 years ago, and then you see it, it done in flashback. So you it keep going you see a little bit more. It sort of it leads up to what, what leads up to the shooting. They have it in flashbacks, and then they go back to the family now and see how screwed up they all are because of this incident. And you find out more truths and more family secrets as you go along. But it was quite good. It was, it was quite tense. And they had they did a clever way of having three suspects that you don't know about that you're following. So you're following three different strands at the same time. Sorry, sorry, Jack. What's the name of this one? It's called Room 301. Um, and Room 301 is one of the, the rooms in the hotel next to where the family is staying. But it's quite good because they have three suspects that you follow in time, and as you get closer to the last episode, you're still not sure which one it is. And, yeah, it's, I found it thoroughly gripping, really, and good, good entertainment. So they're my two Scandi ones, both on the iPlayer. Both, both uh, with subtitles, I assume. Both with subtitles. Neil being his element. <laughs> and then the other one you, you correctly uh, mentioned, uh, which is on the ITV player, is the Pembrokeshire Murders. Two of Wales's most baffling crimes. The murders of Richard and Helen Thomas and Peter and Gwenda Dixon. By an unknown killer. We think one man did all four murders. John William Cooper. Gossip has put Cooper in the frame for 101 offences. If he did do these murders, he is a serial killer. Cooper's been granted parole. Welcome home, love. Again, this was only three parts. And there also is, um, if you're interested, like we were in the in the seeing more about the actual murder, there's a documentary to accompany it as well, so you can watch yes. that afterwards. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, so Luke Evans stars as the lead investigator on the cold case, and yeah, I just I don't know what you thought of it, Jeff, but I thought it was entertaining. I thought Luke, Luke Evans played the part okay, and when you saw the documentary, you they seemed similar. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I was amazed when we discussed this at Christmas because I'd, I'd never even heard of the case and even watched it. I couldn't recall any of these details. I mean, the whole thing, he was caught because of an, an episode of Bullseye, a uh, quiz game on uh, TV. And I thought that was really clever. But I thought the two men, Luke Evans on the police side and uh, Keith Allen, the murderer, I, I thought, were were tremendous. And I don't normally like a lot of these shows 
where they reveal little things about their personal lives. You know, the policeman's got to have a family and all of that. But in this, I thought that worked because you contrasted one family, the policeman's family, even though, you know, he divorced how his relations with his children were to Keith Allen, the murderer's uh, family, and how he terrorized them, basically. I thought that was really good. And then there's one bit, which I won't spoil. He comes out of prison because the whole thing, he is going to be released anyway. And the night he's out of prison, something absolutely remarkable happens. And you think, surely they've got to have him now. But yeah, that that just seemed to be a strange quirk of fate, that little incident. Do you remember what I'm referring to, Deck? Yeah, I won't say anything, but yeah. No, no, yeah. But it's I, I just thought that was... That was really weird. And and so I was fascinated by the documentary, which is called Catching the Game Show Killer, how they revealed that incident. And sure enough, it was it was natural. Uh, so that was just absolutely bizarre. I thought it was interesting as well, the relationship between the police and the reporting investigator, the, the, yes. the, the media, and how I'm sure, I'm not sure that would happen nowadays, but how it came with an agreement that they'd help each other try and solve the case and he'd get an exclusive you know if he didn't reveal anything before that which i thought was brilliant so yeah i thought that was and also how that reporter became involved in the bullseye thing you know and uncovering that part of the story i thought again the way they worked together on that was quite clever and he wrote the book that the series is based on as well so the the reporter actually wrote the book so yeah no no i highly recommend it thank you for that deck uh have you guys seen it i know it's not marvel or any of that other nonsense but you know it's <laughs> real life yeah. graham and neil did you watch it no no i haven't no. but it is on my my deck list which is about five thousand. Pro- yeah yeah probably. probably after agents of shield episode series 28 <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I love being patronised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now you say it, I've been holding back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, who was that talking? Oh, let's go back to deck, shall we? <laughs> so moving away from murder and drama, because obviously we're all, we are in lockdown at the moment, hopefully coming out soon. Um, so I, I have tried to watch more lighthearted stuff. So I caught the second season of Staged, the one with David Tennant and Michael Sheen. I loved it just as yeah. much as the first series, really. They had more guests this time, so they had more stars. So Michael Palin, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, Ewan McGregor, Hugh Bonneville, Christopher Waltz, Kate Blanchett, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. They were all made appearances. Obviously, the first series, a lot of people watched it and liked it and were quite happy to you know, it's easy to film, isn't it? You can just film it from home remotely. So a lot of them are obviously happy to film their sections at home. Uh, I thought it was hilarious again. I thought the bit with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg was very funny, how they played off their personalities. So, and yeah, I thought it was very, very good. If you want something short and sweet, you know, they're only short 15-minute episodes. It is thoroughly entertaining. Can I ask a question on this? Because I haven't seen it, but I did see the trailer for it. And there was a little exchange between David Tennant and Michael Sheen about Doctor Who. And in that exchange, Sheen says he was offered the part. Now, was that true or was that just made up for the character within this piece? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, he may well have been. He may well have been. I mean, they do mix facts with made-up stuff. So they do talk about obviously David Tennant in Doctor Who and they talk about, you know, Michael Sheen and some of his stuff. So they do, it is 
written in a way that's meant you think this is actually real this is actually really and they have used uh, i understand anyway their personalities are similar to what they play if you see what i mean so it's not i understand it's not totally made i mean obviously they use their real partners because they're filming in their houses and it's in their real houses so i find it interesting as with all, all zoom and teams calls at the moment it's nosing into other people's houses as well and they happen to they happen to be stars it's quite interesting to see see some of their backdrops but um, i just thoroughly enjoyed it if you haven't watched the first series either jeff then hurry up and watch them both I think okay, it's brilliant. I'll check that. and it's definitely that. the sort of thing that because it's short it's the sort of thing where if you've watched a film or you've watched something that's an hour long and you're not quite tired enough to go to bed yet, but you want to watch something for another sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, it's perfect for that yep. because it's light. It's light. It's not going to get you thinking. It's You're going to wind down and you can just watch an episode or watch two and you're still 30 minutes and it's fine. It's really easy to dip in and out of. Other stuff I watched is I watched the uh, BBC Two thing, so it's on the iPlayer called Industry. This was graduates in a London trading firm, you know, working really hard, long hours for these companies in in London. Not a great advert if you're thinking to go and work in the city. They really do work them hard. And of course, they're they're graduates, so they're straight out of university and they're thrown in the deep end. And but of course, because they work hard, they play hard. So there's lots of parties and clubbing, and also you know, entertaining clients because so, a lot of their clients are very rich and so they need to be wined and dined to try and get their business um and of course because they're young they make mistakes so it was it was quite entertaining it, it really made me pleased i don't work anywhere near the city even if it <laughs> isn't like that i just thought i bet it's you know i'm sure it's that sort of pressure environment with the amount of sums of money they're trading with so yeah. is that set in the modern day yeah it's set in the modern day um so again it'd be interesting to know you know, people who actually do work in that environment, how realistic it is or not. Wow. Yeah, I've heard some real horror stories about how they bring people in on internships where they work them like that, but don't pay them any money for months. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, no, that's quite, that was quite interesting, a bit of escapism. I watched the second series of His Dark Materials. Oh. Um, hmm. Much like the first one, I absolutely love these books, but much like the first one, doesn't quite hit all the notes. No. Very high production values, very well made. Production design is fantastic, you know, with the, some of the creatures and the demons, very well done. Um, you've got two outstanding performances from Ruth Wilson and Andrew Scott, and you can see that they are head and shoulders above a lot of the rest of the cast who aren't as experienced as them. They hold it together, and most of the scenes with them in are, are better than when they're not in them. I will stick with it. I will, if there's a third season, which I'm assuming they will be, because I've assumed they've made all the books. Um, I will stick with it, but it is it just hasn't gripped me as much as I'd like it. If we weren't in lockdown and I wasn't watching as much, I might not have bothered. But since I was filling the time and I did sort of, I do love the story. Mm. And the first one wasn't awful. It just wasn't great. I gave it a bit of, you know, leeway. And the second one's pretty much the same, really. What did you think, Neil? Um, I like the first one. Um, I, I mean, it's a cracking story, isn't it? But the second one, it, it couldn't quite hit the heights. I agree with that. I still thoroughly enjoyed it. It's nice to see that stuff coming onto the screen because um, they obviously the film did it no justice whatsoever when it came out a few years back. So, yeah, yeah it's still, still keeping my attention. I'm still waiting for, obviously going to look forward to, um, the third and final part. 
Mm. I thought they did the subtle knife really well because obviously that's, mm. that was a diff- I knew when I was watching the first series I knew what was coming and I thought well how are they going to do that it's going to be interesting because <laughs> in your imagination it's it's easier to do isn't it in your head yes yeah um, but I thought they did it quite well I thought yeah it, yeah it looked pretty effective it's not an easy one the second one um and not an easy one to um, be excited about there's a lot of sort of bits and b- bits and pieces going on but the third one I th- hopefully will be good yeah I just wonder how they're going to do the third one, because the third one is very dark. Um, mm. But the whole thing with the angels and all of that stuff, and that's quite philosophical. So it's going to be interesting mm. because I did enjoy the first one. I-, I was more impressed that they'd actually done it right or yes. as close to right as you could. And it was certainly, as you said, Neil, far better than the, um, than the film, which was yeah. just awful. Dreadful. Yeah. I liked the film. Uh, of course you did. So there, I rest my case. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, Dex. Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. So they were the sort of main uh, BBC ones. Um, so then on All4, which apparently is the UK's biggest free streaming service for people who are short of a bit of money, um, I found three good things on the on the All4. First of all was Adult Material, which is a four-part drama about an ageing porn star. This was good fun with a good central performance by Hayley Squires playing the, the doled up, you know, hair and nails and makeup and tan with a pink car, you know, <laughs> aging porn star and what goes on and how there's there's a incidents that she's not happy with involving some of the young, young up and coming stars. It, apparently it's based on truth. I mean, it's not absolutely true, but it's based on an incident that happened in the UK porn industry. So it's sort of, partly you can see bits of it are probably partly true but um yeah quite shocking in places you know not the not the nicest job to be sort of forced into if for whatever reason you know if you're that desperate for money uh, neil how true to life is it <laughs> <laughs> i haven't watched it yet and i know i wouldn't know if it was true to life anyway <laughs> carry on jeff <laughs> sorry Dick. No, that's all right. And then the one everyone's been raving about, I'm sure all of our listeners have probably watched it by now since it's been all over social media, was the great Russell T. Davis series, It's a Sin, about the 10 years from 81 to 1991 and the rise of AIDS and how many young young men it uh, killed off. So it very well-made series. Some of Russell T. Davis's best work, I think. Morning. Morning. Have you seen this? He said, she said, they said. They're always saying something. They think it's this virus, AIDS. There are boys dying all over the world from sex. Don't be ridiculous. That would be all over the news. The government knows all about it and they're keeping it quiet. It's only five parts and I suspect there'll be a a follow-up series. I imagine everyone will be desperate to see the next 10 years. Very poignant, very true. I found out since a lot of the, you know, the people that are in it actually existed or, or elements of them did. The whole thing about the lady who helped them out, who helped the, the men out around London and tried to find out more about this unknown virus and, you know, trying to teach the NHS really how to deal with it because it was all, no one knew what it was. They were sticking people in isolation, thinking it was could carry through the air and stuff when it, it couldn't. And so 
very heartfelt, lots of laughter, but lots of tears as well. And of course, an amazing soundtrack. Of course, you've got 81 to 91. You've got some great music in there. So I haven't heard anyone say they haven't liked this. So I also would recommend it. Yeah, no, it's on my list to watch. Mm, same here. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And the other one that's been really entertaining, although I think it's probably too many episodes, personally, it's, it is The Great, uh, the Nicholas Holt and Ellie Fanning vehicle about the about Peter, the Emperor of Russia. Hazar. I have to keep saying Hazar now every time I'm thro- and smash a glass against the wall because that's tradition now. <laughs> um, so, yes, lots of vulgarity, lots of death, lots of drunken parties and glass smashing and uh, politics. Uh, in the Russian psyche, everyone's very scared and, you know, neighbours dobbing neighbours and family dobbing family members and, you know, but it's done humorously. So it's, and Nicholas Holt rightly being nominated for a few awards for his performance. I just think it's, it's too many episodes. That's my only downside. I think it could have been maybe either split into two series or compacted somehow, but I do think that you have a lot of repetition as the episodes go on. Phil Foster's a huge fan of it. It is good fun. I enjoyed the first five episodes more than the second five for the reason, like I said, it was the same sort of jokes. You know, the joke where he would just get out a gun and shoot someone because he was, you know, annoyed with them. It was funny <laughs> the first time and then and the second, but by about the third time it was, yeah, okay. I, yeah. It's not I, so- I don't think I could ever get bored of that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they're, filming, they're just about to start filming a second series. From the credits, it seems like um, Ellie Fanning had a big input into it. Her name appears on a lot of the behind the uh, camera things as well. So I think she has helped get it made. It's an interesting acting family there that, you know, when it started, her sister Dakota Fanning was seen as the one that was going to go to the top. And the last I saw of Dakota was a supporting role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, whereas Ellie Fanning has just gone from strength to strength. Um, and then on to Netflix. So Netflix. Before we do that, sorry. sorry. Uh, um, can, can I just quickly give a, 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 sh- a shout out for two particular shows? As you know, I've got a lot of connections with, um, let's get the pronunciation right, South Africa. Uh, there's been a couple of shows early this year that, that have Cape Town and South Africa as a theme. There was the ITV show South Africa with Greg Wallace when he toured around there. And before every episode, I reckon he drank about 20 cups of coffee. Because uh, he certainly annoyed a lot of people, um, particularly annoyed my wife. He didn't do so much of the cooking, which is a shame. I mean, the travelogue is it's a spectacular country, so it's, it's as you'd imagine it to be. But he did very little of the, the local cooking. And when they went into Cape Town, he cooked, they cooked two meals there. And my wife was just spitting blood saying, that's not how you cook it. You wouldn't pronounce it like that and you wouldn't cook it like that. So, you know, I always thought it was odd why her cooking tasted funny. Now I know. Um, <laughs> and moving on. Living dangerously there, Jeff. Yeah. Um, there's a series called Bulletproof on Sky One, a police show with Noel Clark. I've not seen any of the other series. But they had a three-episode special in Cape Town, reasonably entertaining in the lethal weapon sort of way. Two charismatic British actors. Plot didn't really hold up to much, but as a travelogue, it was okay. For South Africa listeners, you know, over in Britain, we have been well served during these last couple of months. Back to um, you, Dick. And just one more, Dick, if you, if you don't mind. On ITV Hub, again, is the fourth series of Unforgotten. And I really, really enjoyed 
series one to three, and this one is just as good. Are they cold cases they're investigating? Yes, that's the cold case thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It stars Nicola Walker as the chief detective on that, and she has uh, Sanjeev Bhaskar as her sort of second in command. And the two of them together are very, very good, but the writing is superb. And in each series, you get given four suspects, and you think, oh, nope. She did it. Well, actually, no, she didn't. Maybe it's him. Oh, no, it's him over there. No, it's her. It's just great. My wife and I have been absolutely riveted to them. Um, we've, we binged the first three, and now we're watching the uh, fourth one uh, a week at a time. And loving it. Absolutely loving it. Great writing. Excellent. Good rep- recommendation, Graham. Thank you. Moving on to Netflix. Um, I've watched more lighthearted stuff on Netflix, so... Um, I discovered a very enjoyable French series called Lupin. Oh, um, yeah. Mm, it's love that. like a yep. cross between Sherlock Holmes and, and Hustle. Omar Sy is excellent as, as the main lead. Um, it's great fun. It's, it's, you know, there's set pieces, almost like Ocean's Eleven type set pieces. Okay, some people have said it's not faithful to the books, but I haven't read the books. So I wouldn't know, but um, I just love it. It's very slick and modern interpretation of the gentleman burglar great fun and i've heard they've already making or made a second series so i look forward to that so yes very enjoyable at the moment to watch things mm. like that oh, I love definitely that. yeah do you, do you watch it neil yeah 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 Is For... subtitled? <sighs> no it's not it's, no. it's dubbed no yeah. it is subtitled if you watch it like i do in the original language but you there yeah. is a dubbed version stopped, you yeah. can't stand reading subtitled um, you yeah, you're all right. It's done. And, and Jeff, it's in French. You can get by. Yeah. Turn the volume up. If they shout at you, you get to, you understand it. It's all, well, ba- it's all based on Latin, Jeff. Yeah, You'll be fine. Eating, I know it'll be snails. There's nothing to worry oh. about. Right <laughs> so, okay, I'll uh, mark that one down. Um, uh, probably more up your street, Jeff, is the great fun costume drama Bridgerton that everyone's been raving about. Oh, God. So I know how much of a fan you are of Downton Abbey. So um, <laughs> this is very similar. Downton Abbey with Porkin. <laughs> um, again, is this is technical filmmaking phrase. There, <laughs> this should. is a big. This is a very popular series, um, and you can see why. It's very much reminds me of the the old Pride and Prejudice was Colin Firth being updated for the twenty twenties. It's even got a a replica wet shirt moment um, for the ladies, but it's good fun. It's silly. It's it's you know gossiping and matchmaking and all those things made very well. Much like the great, it does. Again, I think too many episodes. It does. It, it sort of dips a bit between episodes, sort of five and six. I can't remember, and then it picks up towards the end again. So, so stick with it if you get a little bit bored in the middle, because it, it is a great ending as well, and it's very silly. It's very soap opery, but but good fun at the moment. So, and of course, easy on the eyes, which always helps. And, and it's uh, got a local connections. I believe a lot of it's filmed in Bath. Yes, Bath looks amazing. A lot of it, and also they've used uh, one of the one of the houses, one of the big houses they've used on the front as well. And they've used um, is it Highbury, the the Prince of Wales's residence? Mm-hmm. They've used that as well. So yes, it is all filmed location wise. It's a good advert for the UK. So again, they're gearing up in Bath for season two. There's an item on the local news about it recently. Yeah, it's just a shame that. They can't get any tourism off the back of it at the moment, but hopefully when things lift, people will be desperate to come to Bath. It reminded me of Bath because when I walked the Cotswold Way, that's where it ended up. I was absolutely Mm. exhausted and ended up in Bath, and I was very relieved to see 
those lovely buildings so I could stop <laughs> and rest. Um, the other one I watched, and this was based mainly off the recommendation of one of your other podcasters, uh, Darren, who tweeted that he'd really enjoyed uh, Cobra Kai on Netflix. I'd not bothered with this up till that moment. And I thought, well, I, Darren's got quite good taste, so I'll give it a go. And actually, I binge watched all three series um, <laughs> and thoroughly enjoyed it. If you're a person brought up on 80s television, good or bad, then you'll love this. If you love 80s TV, you'll absolutely love this. It's like a walk down nostalgia. Um, you know, even the way they've directed it and some of the shots are, are done like sort of 80s music videos sometimes. It's just, and it's so funny. And amazingly, they've got the two original leads from the Karate Kid film. So Ralph Macchio, Macchio. And, and William Zab Zabka. Um, are the two main, you know, opposing leads in in the Karate Kid films, and they've used them, and they've brilliantly interweaved all the original footage from all three films. They've interweaved into it. So when they're talking wow. about an event, and they say, "Oh, I remember when we were at school," and blah blah blah, they will show a clip from the film, and it's done so well. It's they've all got cameos from people that were, you know, only maybe one of his mates up to no good on their bikes or whatever in the film that you hardly notice him he makes a cameo now you know and he's <laughs> and it's and you just you, so you see them and you think oh my gosh and he, and it's the same actor that they've got out of retirement or whatever and and got them to play a part some of the acting is you know a bit hit and miss as you can imagine but that's part of it you know acting in a lot of 80s tv shows was a bit iffy they did the segues really well between in the way they cut between things is done in a brilliant way there's three series 10 episodes in each but they're only half an hour episode, so you can see how I got through it quite easily because you end wow. up watching one half an hour and then you watch another one because it's still only an hour. Some of the highlights of the last episodes of season two um, is just hilarious. It's just brilliant. Lots of karate and, yeah, just and school and everything. It's just hilarious. And then uh, they've got a special Christmas episode at the end of season three, which, again, is fantastic. Um, and they've even managed to get Elizabeth Shue back um, who was in the original Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> she comes back as well. If you love the Karate Kid films uh, and you love 80s TV, this must be top of your list. So, Now, what Darren was saying is that it's a completely different perspective. You know, obviously in the movies, Daniel LaRusso is the hero. Through the TV series, that's not necessarily the case. I'm driving home from work yesterday, and in this strip mall, I see... After 30 years, I thought that guy might have changed, but he's still the same prick. I heard you beat up a bunch of teenagers. I didn't beat up any teenagers. I kicked the crap out of a bunch of assholes who deserved it. Thinks he can bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Yeah. Not on my watch. You're right. In the film, it's very black and white. But obviously, they've grown up, and a lot of things have happened. Families, you know, relationships have changed. And so... What seems on the front of it as still the good guy and the bad guy, as you go through, I really have a lot more in common than they you think so, which is true, really, because when you, th when you think about it, they were both two kids learning karate. One had a sort of a, a instructor a sensei that was a bit, uh, you know, from the come out of Vietnam and was a bit more sort of hit first, strike hard, whatever it's strike first, what I can't remember what the motto is for the um, Cobra Kai. And the other one was, a, was an ex-war hero, from Chinese descent, had a more of a peaceful of karate was defense, you know, and you, sh you shouldn't use it unless you're defending yourself. And so they were, 
you can see that it's a grey area, but of course, as as they go through life, again, it's a grey area because the the Ralph Macchio character has obviously is has become more successful, has played on the back of his becoming a champion, and has used that in his in his business world, so he's more confident. But then he then he's a successful businessman, so of course, with successful business, quite often there's some underhand stuff going on as well because he's successful. So. It, it is, but it, I just thought it was brilliant. And I thought the two main leads, as I say, they're not going to win any awards for acting, but great fun. Just really good, fun entertainment. And as I say, especially if you're of the similar age to me where you remember all the 80s cop shows and all the 80s karate's and school dramas and all that stuff, Grange Hill and everything, it's all very much in that vein. So thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely going to watch that. The other thing I watched on Netflix was... Now, I don't know if you remember, quite a while back now, I can't remember when it was made, was it 2011? It's quite a long time. Um, the Channel 4 made two miniseries, four episodes each, of Top Boy. Um, it's been rebranded Top Boy Summerhouse now on the um, because Netflix then took it up and have made a third series, uh, which is longer, which is 10 episodes instead of the four. Obviously, the production value's gone up. They've got a bit more money than they did when they were at Channel 4. But it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know if you remember, it's all set in um, London, uh, drug dealers and gangs, um, all filmed in some, I mean, some of the location, the location manager must have been fantastic on this because some of the locations they've got are brilliant. I mean, you know, you hear about stabbings and shootings in London. It all brings it to life. Very gritty, very realistic. It's not, whereas um, on previous Karen streaming, I've talked about um, was it Gangs of London, the, the, the mm-hmm. excellent series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was sort of a bit more slick and not, quite so believable because everything was sort of ramped up and it was very uh, sort of cinematic in its making. This is more, as you can actually imagine, if they made a documentary about gang life, you can imagine it being more like this. They use a young cast. I mean, obviously some of that cast, I mean, in the original Channel 4 series, you had, um, what's her name? Lolita, is it? Uh, no, what, the one who's in Avengers, in Black Panther, her anyway. She um, she got her break in Top Boy when it was made for Channel 4. She's not of, She's not in the later series. Um, you've got Ashley Walters is the main lead who's, who was excellent when he was on. It's interesting. He was the main lead, uh, alongside another guy called Kane Robinson, also known as Kano. Cause he's, um, he's like a, a music person. Um, in the first channel four ones, it, Ashley Walters, you could see was really good carrying a lot of the acting along. It's interesting now in the Netflix third series, Kane Robinson really upped his game absolutely some harrowing scenes some um, he, you know it tackles uh, mental health and of course in somewhere like the gang world you're not allowed to show weakness which means a lot of the time you lock this stuff away when you see someone acting where you can feel the pain in their gut you know when you can feel that just from watching their performance that to me is an excellent performance and he does it head and shoulders above the others he has he has to deal with some some horrific things and he really the guy who's like meant to be in charge of these dealers and he's meant to show no weakness it, it's done so well it's it's done brilliantly so if you if you didn't catch the first two mini series i think they're on netflix and um, they might be on all four as well because they were channel four but they're definitely on netflix watch them first obviously they are lower budget not quite as well made but still good and get to know the cast and then you can jump into this third series knowing the cast and just see it go from strength to strength. And the fourth series is coming out soon. I'm not sure when it is, but they've made a fourth series. I think it's coming out in the next couple of months. Oh, the other thing as well, you'll be interested in Jeff is Brian Eno did the music, did the score, which is, which is really interesting. And of course, some of the tracks they use match the drug scene and, and that side of things, but used very effectively. 
Um, and on the back of that, I've, I've been watching quite a few documentaries. I'm st- I think as I get older, I am getting more interested in documentaries. I watched the documentary about there's a Challenger disaster on mm. Netflix, The Final Flight. Yep. Again, very well made, four-part documentary. Most of us by now probably you know know the things that happened, but it's really good to see some of the footage, some of the earlier footage on the on how the astronauts you know got up to and got on that flight, um, and the ones that luckily missed out on that flight for whatever reason, so ended up not going up. A lot of the astronauts' family are involved as well. It's quite harrowing, but but really interesting. Really interesting the way they delve into the businesses and how the contractors and NASA sort of not covered it up that's the wrong word but it was just sort of maneuvering didn't really want to be the one to blame sort of thing but yeah, yeah quite frightening did, um, did they cover the mcdonald um guy who actually refused to sign the uh the paper saying yeah, that it was safe yeah, to they did. Really, he was one of the ones interviewed yeah yeah it's fantastic he was such a brave man yeah and they threatened to sack him and in the end after it came out that he what he'd done he actually got made the chief engineer at his company incredible incredible yeah. story sorry everything you notice is the ones that were involved in the let's just say the wrong decision um <laughs> that you can see it etched on their faces that they've had to live with this for the rest of their life they okay they're still alive but you can see that it's still eating away at them which you can totally understand you'd feel yeah. so bad for you know you'd feel so at fault for that but there you go didn't they um, arrange special screenings of the launch at the school with that, for that teacher that was on board? Yeah, they had live special live screenings, and they showed the clips of the school children. Their reaction was just silence. Some of them maybe hadn't seen the launch before, so were like, "Is is this supposed to happen?" You know, you could see it was a look of, it was just a look of what's going on. Because and, and it was, and if you remember at the time with the news clips, it was just the silence. Yeah, it, um, because people were like, "Is that supposed to happen? Are they going to?" Are they going to get, you know, there's helicopters looking in the sea. Are they going to find them in a minute and rescue them or what's going on? And yeah, a good documentary to watch. Um, I watched the, also on Netflix, the Yorkshire Ripper documentary. Um, there's been one on the BBC, I think as well, but I, but I, I watched that a, a long time ago, so I can't remember, but um, this was a Netflix one. Um, it starts off slow, but gets better with each episode um and finishes really well at the end but again if you don't know the story of the yorkshire ripper then it's worth catching this documentary because it does inform you on a lot of the stuff that the police did wrong or <laughs> stuff that they missed that they shouldn't have missed but yeah but missing the wrong person for years uh, yeah we, we yeah. were talking about this the other day Graham, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the letter and and the tape recordings to that bastard yeah. yeah yeah well luckily they caught him as well didn't they so yeah and the other documentary I watched on the BBC, quite shocking, really, was um, one of the Panorama ones about boxing and the mob. Um, this hmm. Irish mobster guy who's involved or not with Tyson Fury. Hmm. Very interesting, very hard-hitting documentary. Um, and you do feel for some of the reporters, um, I think they must be quite scared um, for, for uncovering some of this stuff. But uh, yeah, an interesting watch, a really interesting watch. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, good things on that. Yeah. Um, and then I caught the, on Netflix, I caught the second series of Titans um, for a bit of entertainment. Um, this is all right. This is quite good fun. I don't think it's quite as good as um, the series The Boys that I mentioned on the last Karen mm-hmm. streaming. But Titans is okay. Um, you like DC, don't you, Jeff? So 
this should be more up your street but it's basically a dc kids thing where they're taking some of the the sort of younger people and introducing them in people like Superboy, so Superman's child supposedly, and um, other people sort of are introduced into the series. It's okay. It tackles some quite hard hitting things about um, people being neglected when they're childs and what it leads them, why they become these vigilantes. Um, so yeah, that was all right. It was entertaining enough. I, I mean, that's DC, isn't it? It's comic book for adults as opposed to Marvel. It's just you know for kids. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it is, Jeff. Yeah, I watched. I don't know if you caught this as well, Graham, but I watched the third series of Disenchantment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they've picked it up a little bit from the second series. I was really disappointed with the second series. Uh, I think they've picked it up a little bit, but it's still yes, good. It's not as good as the first, is it? And and the jokes are slower. Yeah, uh, I don't know why uh, the first uh, series seemed very snappy. You know, mm. bang, you get this, and the, you'd only spend a moment on something, and you'd laugh, and then they'd be on to something else. In the second one, they dwelt on stuff for ages, and I thought, come on, move on, move on. Yeah, and as you said, they've definitely picked it up in the third one. Although I haven't watched all the episodes yet. Princess Diabini isn't drinking. It's um, it's less funny, isn't it? <laughs> He's <laughs> only funny when she's drunk. Is that? What yeah, you're that's it. Uh, so moving on to now TV or or Sky. You know how much of a fan I am of horrible histories and the ghost series that I mm. mentioned on previous podcasts. Well, I was missing them so much that so I happened to stumble upon Yonderland. When darkness falls, when worlds collide. When the icy grip of evil threatens the last free land, the fate of all shall rest in the hands of one. Needs a source. Uh, on Now TV, which again involving the same cast as the horrible histories and ghosts, this is more in line with Monty Python, which I absolutely love. Um, so there's lots of silly voices and stuff, and you've got the see the same six actors sort of playing different parts in costume. Again, very reminiscent of how Monty Python used to all play different people. The way I would say it's like Monty Python with Muppets because they've got the the puppets still involved as well. Um, <laughs> it's I just found it really good fun. I found it really. If you want, there's there's three series on there. Again, I binge which binge watched them all. When I wanted to have a laugh, I put this on. They brilliant. I mean, what, on series two, episode six, they they do a, a craft work send off, and it's brilliant. It is so if you remember craft work and some of their, yep. uh, they do a bit with the guards, and the guards are all dressed and act like members of craft work, and it is so funny. And yeah, they're they're only twenty minutes long each episode, um, so again, it's easy to binge watch. They got Stephen Fry in for the third series, um, so they got an extra star in. I just love people dressing up in silly costumes with silly voices and, and making me laugh. And it, <laughs> it ticks all those boxes. So, um, And it takes the mickey out of a lot of the uh, sort of medieval and game playing stuff that goes on as well. So, yeah, it's very good fun if you haven't seen it. Have any of you guys seen it at all? No. No. No, no, no. no I didn't know about it. I just, it, it came up in my algorithm, you know, of, of it seen I'd watched other things and sort of, came up and I thought, oh, gosh, that looks like the same people. And once I'd watched one episode, that was it. So Yonderland. Yonderland, yes. Y-O-N-D-E-R land. Um, and then on Now TV, I watched the Ridley Scott sci-fi, Raised by Wolves. Oh, God, did you? Yeah, I mean, 
I didn't mind this. It I can see I can see what the criticism is. It's it's Ridley Scott does love the whole uh, God factor thing in his in all of his films and stuff, and he continues that here. If you don't like that, then I wouldn't bother. But in terms of production values, I thought it was excellent. The effects were really good. Um, it did make you think. Um, you had to it think. Certainly made you think. God, yes. He did clarify some of the stuff with flashbacks and stuff later yeah. on. It did start to make more sense as it went along. But, um, yeah, quite heavy. Um, not really light entertainment, but I, I enjoy complex sci-fi, so I stuck with it. And, yeah, I thought it was all right. Definitely looking forward to the second series <laughs> so that I can get an explanation of some of the stuff that was going on because, yeah, it seemed to, to jump a bit. Uh, I just found, I thought, okay, so they're perceiving that as the voice of God, okay, and then it switched, and I thought, okay, well, has the voice got away, or what's happening? It was very, very complicated. I enjoyed, I must admit, I enjoyed the first three episodes, I think. I thought they were fantastic, and then I thought it started to stretch itself in the last episodes, and they were obviously looking for a, a second season. But, yeah, it's very, very good. It's, it's a production Values are off the chart, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I thought some of the bits um, were a bit just strange for strangeness's sake. Mm. No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think you have to be a fan of yeah. his type of stuff to watch this. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone that didn't like Ridley Scott sci-fi stuff. So, And the final thing that I watched, completed to watch, was uh, The Undoing with Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman. This is a bit silly. It's in the same sort of line as things like Dr. Foster. It's a, a drama about a husband accused of murdering his, his mistress and it sort of twos and throws. Has he, did he do it? Did he not do it? Did someone else do it? And, you know, and it's every episode you think you, you think, oh, no, it's now. It's, I think it's that person you're trying to. Uh, and it is a bit silly. Some of the things that happen are a bit silly, but it kept me entertained. I don't think it's quite as good as some people have been making out. Some people have been saying it's fantastic. And I know they've, again, on award season, it got a couple of nods. I'm not sure I think it deserves some of the nominations it's got, but, but it's, it's entertaining and it's, it's watchable. So, um, so that's been a lot of my stuff that I've watched. Wow. I'm still in the middle of some things. So I'm, the other Ridley Scott one about the Franklin expedition is pretty good. I'm, I'm only just into that. Is that uh, uh, the terror? That's the terror. Yeah. Yeah. I started watching that as well. It's, yeah. It's, it's a great cast. Pre- and production values are off the chart. It's really good. Yeah, it's a great cast. They they're not. I know the Franklin expert. I've read a lot of books on it. I know it quite well. And they haven't stuck to the truth. Um, they've they've played around with it, which they're allowed to do for drama. Um, but yeah, is this the Northwest Passage? That's yeah, the one. Yeah. I, I believe there's a supernatural element starting to creep into it. So I, I I would suspect that's not in the books either. Is it, Deck? No, not really. No, but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle of that and enjoying that. And I'm also in the middle of, because it, they haven't released all the episodes yet, the James Nes- Nesbitt starring Belfast cop show Bloodlines. It's good to see James Nesbitt playing something that's probably more appropriate to his to his sort of background set in Belfast. It's quite interesting. It's Again, it's a, a cop drama, a bit like my Scandi dramas that I like. But again, you're it keeps twisting and turning. You're not sure who to trust. And obviously, it's got the undertones of the IRA and stuff like that in it as well. But but yeah, I'm three episodes in and enjoying that. So hoping that will will continue and have quite a good ending. 
Is that set in the present day or is it set in... Yeah, it's set in the present day, but it, it, as a it hits back at previous troubles, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's a, an ageing cop who was around when things weren't as peaceful. Um, and obviously that's... that um, through, through all of it, there's underlying things about the IRA and stuff, isn't it? And, you know, everyone's now at peace since the peace agreement, but of course there's still memories of things and people are still looked upon as being in one camp or the other sort of thing. So, um, but very well made. Very yeah. Well. Cause it's not like the Irish to bear a grudge over time. Is it? No. <laughs> no. I did learn. It was quite interesting. Actually, I had to look it up, but I did, did learn that they, this doesn't give anything away, but if they, if they discover a crime, like a, a uncover a body, anything that, that was killed prior to the peace agreement, the police are not allowed to investigate it. They have a mm. special department set up that basically will investigate it, but it will be no one will have no one will know about it because they don't want to bring up old, you know, they don't want to bring mm. up old, always oh, killed by so and so, and therefore there'll be a revenge killing. So they deliberately anything that was prior to the peace agreement is not investigated by the police or told to the press or anything. It's kept completely to this one department, wow. and they yeah, it's it's all very secret because they don't want to stir up old emotions so that's quite interesting that was but it's good that peace agreement's still in place then (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so there's lots there guys and can can i give give a shout out for a show i'm halfway through which is absolutely wonderful and nobody's watching it deck oh yes go on resident alien on now tv uh stars alan tudyk so there's 10 episodes and the plot of the first episode is something you've seen a million times. Alien crash lands onto Earth within the first five minutes. You know he's up to some dodgy dealings. You don't know what to start off with. He's in a remote area of small-town Colorado, though I suspect it was filmed in Canada. He kills somebody that's in a remote log cabin and shapeshifts into that person. So he's alien, trying to be human. He does it by watching uh, Law & Order shows on TV. He then is forced to work within the community of the small town. It veers between comedy and drama. The characters are well-rounded. Alan Tudyk is just brilliant, as he always is. But shout-outs to Sarah Tomko and Corey Reynolds and the supporting cast, who are fantastic. So for me, it has a lot of the same feel-good factor, even though it's a lot darker, that Ted Lasso had. And I just think it's a tremendous show that nobody's watching. I'm just stunned that it's just come through at the moment with so little uh, being talked about it. I'll have to add that to my list. That sounds good, especially if you if you say it's similar to Ted Lasso, which we all enjoy. Give it two, three episodes, and then it suddenly starts to click. Oh, I forgot to mention, guys, um, since we're all interested in films anyway and how they're made – um, I started watching the French comedy series Call My Agent after someone recommended it to me. I think there's three or four series on there. I'm only on series one at the moment. But um, uh, it's set in a agency, you know, so they're agents for film stars um, and TV stars. And they have to go out onto film sets and resolve problems that the actors may have with the production or something. And But um, the interesting thing is I, I they use real film stars french film stars and french tv stars in each episode so you've got the agency which is the group of sort of six seven agents who are doing the agency but the when their stars come into the office they're actual famous french actors and actresses so it'd be even funnier i'm sure if um 
if you knew a lot of the personalities and the history of some of the stars that come into it but it's still it's still very light-hearted entertainment and a and a good reflection of the sort of things that film agent agents have to get up to to keep their stars happy so it's it is quite funny um and it's so and it's interesting it's interesting obviously because it it goes to film sets and you see some of the catastrophes that can happen and some of the fallouts that can happen on a set so it's quite interesting but done in a very funny way so what's coming we should look out for then well i've tried to pick uh, a favorite from from most of the streaming services to give because i know people are on different streaming services obviously my big top of my list and you can tell because of all the adverts that are going on at the moment is the sixth series of line of duty comes out on the 21st of march her life cut short and whoever did it's got away with it. It will be our job to detect whether police corruption has contributed to this murder remaining unsolved. Dial drew attention to links between organised crime and corrupt police officers. There is no corruption in this police force. A barefaced liar promoted to our highest office. Now, if you haven't caught one of the best cop dramas of recent history, the BBC are obviously milking this and they've got all five previous series on iPlayer. I would recommend just watching it all. First three series are fantastic. It does start to, you know, as with everything, once you get into fourth and fifth series, it does start, but still head and shoulders above a lot of cop programs. And the fact that there's a sixth series is just excitement overload. So, um, yeah, if you haven't seen Line of Duty, what are you doing? I would just ignore everything I've said previous to this podcast and start watching that. How Um, many episodes in each Oh, I'm not sure. Sorry, Graham. I, it's probably about eight, maybe eight? six or eight. Uh, very gripping, though. You don't know. That's why I don't remember how many episodes there are because it is very, very gripping. Okay. So, yeah, that would be my number one recommendation. On Prime, uh, there's a new animated superhero out called Invincible. I've watched yep. the trailer. Yeah, me uh, too. It look, looks good fun. It's out on March the 26th. So, that will be on my list. Um, also on Prime and in Animated is uh, Star Trek The Lower Decks. And this is another one recommended by Darren. Uh, I thought comedy animated about Star Trek. I roared with laughter. I thought it was fabulous. It's only about 10 episodes, but it goes, it just flies by. They're only 30 minute episodes. It's great stuff. Is it um, very is disrespectful? It, is it like Galaxy Quest? Is it sort of taking the yes. mickey out of. Yeah. Okay, oh, that yeah. sounds good. That's on Prime as well, then, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On Netflix, there's a new sci-fi series called The One. Um, it looks quite interesting. It's out March the 12th. I understand the premise is they'll find your perfect partner, basically, by using a, a DNA matching algorithm. One of the interesting things is what happens if you're already a, with what, who you think your perfect partner is, as you've been married maybe for you know, mm. 10, 20 years, do you take the test? Because you might not be with your perfect partner. That might be an interesting one to watch. And obviously, if you're on Disney+, Plus, there's more Marvel stuff coming out. I'll just skip over it because if you're on it, you're watching it already. Um, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out on March the 19th. Um, and hopefully it will be as good as the WandaVision. More Marvel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yep, well, so. WandaVision will be very hard to top because that was brilliant. Very, very clever. Yeah, yeah, it was topped, Graham. I believe the show's called I Love Lucy. <laughs> so there you go, guys. So I've watched a lot over the dark winter months. Yeah, so we're still locked down for the time being, so still more to watch. And we're lucky that we've got all these various streaming services, some free, some subscription, that give us all this choice. Um, and I would recommend that also that people 
who haven't watched some of the older classic stuff, you know, now's the opportunity to go back and watch it. If you if you missed on programs like The Wire or The Sopranos or Line of Duty, as I said, all the streaming services are putting them, you know, on their relevance and there's some classic, great classic TV to watch. So if some of the stuff content doesn't take you, you know, doesn't float your boat and some of the stuff I've spoken about doesn't, please look backwards and look at some of the classics and, and catch up on them because they're still great telly. Yeah. So, Deck, you've set us some homework. So all three of us must watch the first series of Line of Duty by the time we next get back together. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed that none of you have. Well, you'll put that right. That, yep. that is now locked in. Neil, you got it written down? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was enthusiastic, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's as enthusiastic as he gets. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you're talking about golf. Then the wood comes out. God's sake. When are you allowed to start playing golf again? Is it? Is it 29th of March. Oh, 20, you're actually going, wow, gosh. Yeah. Oh, is it? Counting down the days. He's got the shakes already. Mm. <laughs> Dreaming. Be careful, be careful driving on the way to the golf range, won't you? I mean, look what happened to Tiger Woods. You've got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As usual, a fantastic list. And my to-watch list has grown tremendously. Of course, none of that Marvel stuff is on there. But uh, I am looking forward to a lot. And I promise that we will have seen Line of Duty Season 1 by the time we next get together when we look at some of the summer programming. So thank you, Dick. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Yes, brilliant. Brilliant.